Welcome to Wise Women Speak with Linda Pritcher and Lana Bastianuti, where we give voice to the wisdom in women. Hi, Lana. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. We are back again. We're, we're back. <laughs> I know. We said we would be. We said we would be. And you know what? We're doing exactly what we said we would do. Mm-hmm. Allowing wise women to speak. Allows what? Uh, yes. Starting with us. Yeah. You know, starting with trusting that we have something to say mm-hmm. and that um, we're here to express that and to connect with the women who connect with um, our podcast. Yes, absolutely. And I think the interesting thing, as you just said, we're, we're living demonstrations of this. Um, what we've done today or what we're going to do today is we've decided on, on something we want to talk about because we're both coaches. And so this issue tends to come up with our clients over and over again. And I know it's very prevalent among women and men, but women in particular, uh, the inner critic. And we haven't discussed this before together. We haven't made notes. We are just coming organically here and we're going to tap into our own presence and our own wisdom and see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've both experienced um, the inner critic Mm. for ourselves. Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I was thinking as I was driving here that um you know a lot has been written about the inner critic mm-hmm. and any self-help book that you pick up, self-development book is very likely to have at least a chapter on the inner critic and how to banish it, how right. to get rid of it, how to do something about the inner critic. And um, what occurred to me is, having had my own, having had the experience of a lot of uh, yada yada in my head about what I should do, what I should have done, what I think about myself, and so forth, one of the things that I've realized is that paying less attention to that yada yada inner critic um, and making less out of it is really the key to being more at peace with who you are. And most self-help books push us in the direction of doing something about the inner critic, which only makes the inner critic a louder voice because you have to, you have to recognize it. It becomes like an editorial board in your head and then you need to act on it. So it gets bigger. I mean, we know that what we what we focus on really expands. So when you give the inner critic a kind of power by giving it a name, I mean, we're even giving it a name mm-hmm. for the purposes of this conversation. But um, but I think that can sometimes lead in the wrong direction. Too much power to something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your thoughts are about this, Lana. But <clears throat> well, as you were as you were talking, it, it sort of reminded me of, of something that Elizabeth Gilbert wrote in her book, The Big Magic. Did, did you ever read I that book? No, I read okay. That. Well, she talks about um, sort of a version of this is fear. You know, the inner critic, the, the constant nattering. Um, some people call it your gremlin, and uh, you're yeah. right. They, you know, a lot of self help books say, okay, name it draw it, picture it, like yeah. bring it to life. Bring it to life. Um, Give it power. As, yes. As and then, you know, slay the dragon. Exactly. As if it's its own entity yeah. and it's it's something that's real. Um, and I think what we're saying is 
don't give it the power. It actually doesn't have power over you. All it is is a creation within within your mind brought to you by thoughts and brought to life through your consciousness. That's all it is. All but it if you is. give it the power, then it's it feels like something separate from you. And what Elizabeth Gilbert was saying in her book was she talks about it's like a backseat driver. It's like you're not going to let the backseat driver dictate where you go. You can say, fine, you can be in the back and do whatever you want, but I'm driving and I'm going to pay attention to what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, far be it from me to to stop you, but I'm not going to pay attention to you. Yeah, and when you realize that what's going on inside you mm-hmm. is thinking. Yeah. It's just thinking. I mean, yeah. that's how we're experiencing everything in life. Mm-hmm. And the inner critic is composed of, as we kind of like created this body, it's composed of thought. And um, so it's thought in the moment that we're experiencing when we give it a lot of attention, then mm-hmm. it gains, as you were saying, a lot more power. And then we feel like we have to act on it in some way. Mm. You know, you know what's interesting as well, and and some people may resonate with this is sometimes it doesn't seem like your voice. It seems like it's your parents' voice or a teacher's voice or something else that that you almost adopt as your own. So you're hearing that. What what do you want to say about that? Yeah, I think a lot of times we're we're. Um we're taking on ideas that we've created about ourselves. Uh, many of them will have come from an early childhood memory, frequently a parent, a teacher, someone in authority, mm-hmm. someone who um, maybe suggested that we weren't quite good enough in a way. And then that starts to snowball when we think that there's truth in that, that mm-hmm. starts to snowball and everything almost like a magnet kind of gets attached to it and it becomes like bigger and bigger and we think more about it and we take our thinking as truth. Mm-hmm. And then once we take it as truth, it gets very hard to like de- detangle it all. And I think that you've seen that with clients, as yeah. I have too, is that they believe these ideas about themselves and then they kind of are dragging them around all of the time. So any new experience gets critiqued and that's, you know, therein is the inner critic, mm-hmm. a critiquer in chief, uh, you know, an editorial board, as I said. So the, you have a lot of thinking about everything that you do. So that voice in your head takes on a kind of power that dictates a lot of things that you're doing to be either right or wrong, good or bad. And so often people get trapped in the what's wrong with me, it must be bad. Yeah, absolutely. And I I know you probably have some really good examples in your own life or in your clients' lives of this happening. I know for me, I had a a friend who in university, um, a professor told her that she really wasn't academic and that maybe she needed to leave university and do something other than studying that she she was not of the caliber. And I remember being horrified hearing this because I thought, how how dare somebody else pass that kind of judgment 
on another person and think that they know them better than that person themselves or what they're capable capable of. And we've seen time and time again throughout our lives, throughout history, of people overcoming things or surpassing expectations of them. And to to put that on that young woman at that age, horrible. It's, It's if you allow that thought to breed in your mind and to take root, it can be debilitating for as long as you believe it. For as long as you believe it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So for I think for all of us, all these things come at us at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, criticism from the external world, as we said, teachers, parents, yeah. um, sometimes even friends. I, right? I know. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That hurts the most. But um, yeah, it's that once we've considered, you know, what they say, it's whether you choose to focus on that as really having meaning for you. Mm-hmm. If you've been listening to your inner critic a lot, if you've given it a kind of power, you might just take anything new that comes your way and kind of toss it into that bag and let it get bigger. But if you realize that what's really going on in your own mind is it's just thinking in the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just thoughts and you don't really have to believe everything that you've ever thought or anything that anyone else has suggested to you mm-hmm. if you're in touch with your inner wisdom, which is where we're pointing to Absolutely. ultimately Absolutely. regarding our experience of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I've had situations where... Um, I've, in my younger years, I allowed somebody, somebody who I loved, somebody who seemed really important to me. So their opinion of me seemed to matter at the time. And I allowed a thought that they had, that they expressed about me. It was a, a critique, um, or it was something said very quickly in the heat of moment. And I allowed that to take hold and to, I sort of massaged that thought for a really long time. And what's ironic is, you know, years later when I brought this back to the person, I said, you know, when you said that, and they were like, what are you talking about? I never said that. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I have lived with this one comment, this off-the-cuff comment as if it's truth as if this is how they believe and they see me and they don't even remember seeing it or saying it. Yeah. And look how we allow a thought in the moment that somebody else had when they could have been in a low mood and weren't even thinking straight. Yeah. How we can let that infiltrate how we live. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking earlier about the in in my own experience, I I'm starting to to notice more the place of neutrality mm. when I'm in more of a place of neutrality that I have more opportunity to kind of have that fresh thinking come in. So anything that I've ever thought before, I can kind of just see it as, oh, that's really interesting. You know, even my inner critic thinking like, oh, that's really interesting. It's just thought. Oh, that's curious. Mm-hmm. No, why did why do I think that? Or I bring that up, or or somehow 
it doesn't seem to have, now that I know more about thought in the moment, now that I know how I'm, my experience is being created, mm-hmm. it doesn't touch me in the same way. I'm not driven in the same way by mm. the inner critic. I, I notice when it comes up. I notice when I have uncomfortable feelings or I've done something and I think it's really not as good as it could have been or, um, or maybe I said something that maybe could have been taken the wrong way by someone. I have a little bit more of a, I heard Judy Sedgman say this yesterday, Mm. a so what? (gasps) I was just going to say that. I know. And I, I've realized how often, and I say this to clients often because it's just true for me. Mm -hmm. I'm so much more, so what? And that doesn't mean that I don't care because I do deeply care about, about, you know, my clients. And that's one reason why we do what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we know we can help people to see life more as it is instead of how they think it is or how they have thought it is, which leads to much more freedom. But the so what piece, yeah, it's it's so what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's if you can lighten your load, lighten your that you know that big bag that you've been carrying around of all the thoughts you've ever believed about yourself mm-hmm. then you have more time and space for fresh ideas and thinking and that's where that neutrality piece comes in where i was saying if i i'm just kind of noticing that settled place and i'm calling it a place of neutrality where Things can come in and things can go out. And I can have new ideas and I can even have critical ideas about myself. But so what? Yeah. I mean, what what you're talking about is this lightness of being, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah, that's not a great. taking ourselves so seriously. seriously. Yeah. Because, my goodness, what a full-time job it is when we do. Yeah. We're agonizing over every nuance, over everybody's actions, over our own actions, and life can feel so heavy as a result. But... If we if we look with a lighter touch, if we live life with a lighter touch, and uh, realize that we're human, we're yeah. going to make mistakes. Not yeah. everybody's going to like yeah. us. We're going to mess up. Who cares? Yeah. Oh well. So it's, yeah. it's sort of like yeah. we have like a trilogy of of so what? Oh well. Who cares? That's right. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It's a great description. Our new mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've seen with clients is that burden of mm. the so much thinking about their thinking and judgment. Yeah. That's one of the things I know has been lifted off of me in the last few years. It's mm-hmm. not that I'm ever not judgmental about people or about myself. Yeah. It's just that I recognize I'm having a moment of judgment. It doesn't really serve me very well. And if I can lighten with realizing that I'm just experiencing my thinking in the moment and that's how I'm going to feel right now, but it will pass. Yeah. And when we don't take that thought in the moment seriously we don't create a story and meaning out of it we yeah. don't take it personally it's going to pass because that's what thought does it moves through it just us. moves through us yeah. yeah and i think clients get often you know the clients that we work with and mm-hmm. i know we've talked about this a little bit in the past that 
So many people get really stuck because they spend a lot of their mental energy on critiquing their own thinking. Yeah. So they don't like their thinking. They think there's something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And if they have negative thoughts, then they think they shouldn't have those thoughts. Right. And therefore, they judge their thinking. And then they get deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole. It's like the same same way we were talking about, you know, the inner critic. You mm-hmm. think about the inner critic, you give it a lot of attention. It gets bigger, more powerful, and you think you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with judgmental thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. Uh, it's so fascinating because we can even, I mean, there's two points I want to sort of bring out. I wonder, I'm wondering what your thoughts are around as we get older, does this inner critic uh, get well. I suppose it's it's dependent on the person, but I mean, typically, as as we get older, we tend to think less about what other people think. Like we, there seems so, to be yeah. this tendency. And and what is that about? What what is that pointing to? Do you think life lived longer? Mm-hmm. Humility mm-hmm. that comes with um, with living longer. I think everyone experiences some hard knock places. Yeah. Um, and, you know, many of us go through some serious tragedies. People mm-hmm. come into our lives and they leave our lives. And I think that you think uh, tend to think a little bit less about yourself and more about, more about other people, mm-hmm. the rest of the world. You become a little bit more um, accepting of everything. Mm-hmm your own foibles. I mean, as you age, women aging, Mm. you know, you don't look the same way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And you you have to come in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't look a day over 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's helpful to come to grips with, um, yeah, yeah, with the aging process. And I Mm -hmm. think that's part of like the, the humility that you're not, and this is not true for everyone. No, I right? know. Obviously, which is yeah. one reason why the outside in world of cosmetic surgery and so mm-hmm. forth is probably on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you know people think it's an outside in world, and they if they fix what's outside, yeah. then they're going to feel better inside. But the inner critic is connected mm-hmm. there because Absolutely. if you think that your happiness is being created by you know, what you have, what you own, how you look, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And, you know, what does marketing drive us to to reinforce, shall we say, really reinforce what what we are likely to consider about Mm -hmm. ourselves, then um, we're going to run around looking for ways to fix ourselves instead of realizing that really um, if we get in touch with our own wisdom, if we get in touch with a deeper understanding of how our experience of life is great, the the experience of being human. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing who you really are. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a personality. Yeah. I mean that on a, not to get too spiritual here, I was just going to say spiritual. Yeah. It is. It's a yeah. soul level. It's, mm-hmm. we are not our bodies, you know, yeah. and our personalities and all these other things, there's a deeper part of us. And it's from this deep part that that wisdom shows up. Yeah. And I loved what you said about 
the humility in life because I think we are humbled in life as we get older. We've had all these life experiences. And I think with that comes a deeper compassion, not only for others, but for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah, because that's really where it starts, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we know that it starts within when when you feel at ease in your own skin, Mm -hmm. when you feel at ease with the world, it's really coming from inside because no matter what happens outside in the external world, whatever comes at you, mm-hmm. when you feel at ease in your in your own skin and connected to your own soul, yeah. then you're more likely to to live in a world of possibility, I think. Compassion, possibility. Realize a deeper connection. Look to the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Find, connect with that deeper truth. Yeah. That deeper truth that's going to just shake its head at the inner critic and say, no need to pay yeah, attention. Yeah, no need to pay attention to you. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just thinking. Yeah, you're just yeah. thinking. So yeah. instead of thinking, just engage in life, live yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Live it. So what? So what? Oh, well. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> well, that's I think that's it for yeah, today. I think this is I think this is a wrap. It is a wrap. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like a complete thought and this is, is thank you, Lana. This is thank great. You, Linda. Yeah, so much fun. I we mean, don't really know where this is going to go. We, and, we never know, but you know And it's not end, perfect. It's not perfect. Who no. cares? <laughs> and in the end, wise women speak. Wise women speak, yeah. You've been listening to Wise Women Speak. If you'd like to hear more, please go to wisewomenspeakpodcast.com or find us on iTunes.